0: Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way.
1: Welcome to Footwork. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork. I'm Sean. I'm Dylan. And each week we're making stories and tips from around the globe as we dive into our journey abroad. Outlining what it takes to follow our dream and hopefully yours, even if it's not soccer. So Dylan... Why can't you read, man? Dude, I was just caught up on
2: your all right, all right, all right. It sounded was a little like Southern, huh? It was so ah, South ah, 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 ah. Carolina. Yeah, you've been talking to your 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 parents and your, your brother must have just caught the bug, got the accent.
1: Yeah, you, no, I don't that, know they have yet. I was
2: stuck on that for a good second. I know. I can't lie. I
1: know that that's what you're thinking. Missed about. my
2: cue. I was off. Yeah.
1: But here we are. Here we are.
2: In Germany. In
1: Germany. Any new news to report? Nothing. Nothing. We'll give Nothing you yet. we'll give you news in about a week or so, maybe. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but today, we're going to touch on the youth systems around the world. Um, yeah. So not just the, the U.S. where
2: we're not even experts anymore, but we were experts during our time. We we know f- quite a few things and well, we've grown still coach and, and yeah. such when we're back. But uh, yeah, we kind of wanted to touch on just the comparison because everywhere is different. And um, if you're a big footy person like us, um, you hear about it all the time—is how the the U.S. youth system is just shit. It's this, it's that. Why can't we compete with Europe when we have you know how many kids? What do we have? Twenty-eight million kids mm-hmm. under the age of six in in America. So it's like, why can't we do well in the World Cup? Why can't we have these right. athletes?
1: Why so, do we have the greatest athletes in all the other sports, and then when it comes to football? Go play something we else. We can't yeah. even play. We don't even qualify for the World Where Cup. Where would LeBron James play on the field? Oh, he'd definitely be a target striker. Target,
2: target, target striker? Target striker. Peter Crouch. Or like the best keeper of all time.
1: Could also be the best keeper of all time.
2: All right, I like this. Let's name a couple athletes, random athletes, real quick. All right, I'm taking. other
1: sports. I'm taking AI on the wing. Taking AI on the wing? Oh, like a left winger? Say, oh, yeah. Just like a little hazard? The answer.
2: Oh, man, I like that a lot. Okay. All right, let me throw one at you that's just a random sport. How about Tiger Woods? Where's Tiger
1: Woods playing? Tiger Woods is going to be a six. He's going to be a six? I think he's, going to I be think a six. he's just spraying. All right, here's left one to right. Dale Earnhardt Jr.
2: Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> is ripping at right wing back up and down the line, <laughs> but he can only turn, he's only left foot. He can only go oh, left.
1: But he plays on the right, right wing back, and he's left footed.
2: Yeah, that's something, the coaches, are, something the coaches are going to have to look yeah, at. Yeah, I see. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> Dale so, Earnhardt was a good one.
1: <laughs> as, we, as we have traveled and met some people from around the world, um, we've noticed that. The way the youth systems are set up are so different Mm -hmm. in so many different places. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, we felt like that this is something that we could talk about. And I know you guys are probably sick of us talking. Um, So we decided to actually get, you know, our international footwork ambassadors to uh, enlighten us on the youth systems in their countries. Yeah. So uh, we're going to touch on the U.S., for a few minutes here, and then we're gonna give it off to our ambassadors, and they could, uh, you know, tell us their yeah. spiel.
2: And I think um, just in case anyone skips out right now because they're gonna hear our voices again, let's give props to, we got Omar, um, who's gonna be telling us about Mexico. We got Chris, who's gonna be telling us about South Korea. We got Lucas, who's gonna be telling us about Brazil. Tevin, who's gonna be telling us about. Germany, the Deutschland, the Deutschland. We got Jaza, coolest name ever, who's going to be telling us about Australia. And then we also got Hossam, who's going to be telling us about Sweden. And Benny Brookfield, who's going to be telling us about England.
1: Good old so motherland. A f- we are across, yeah, the motherland. We yeah, are we're a real international we're everywhere. today. Spraying. Yeah. I mean, but this podcast has reached some crazy. Uh, crazy countries at this point, and I felt like this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
2: we're, we're out there. So let's start. USA, we got work to do. There's no doubt about it. Yes. So uh, one thing I think that is is pretty... Um, kind of, a you know, hinders a lot of youth, and we touched on it with our episode in Jamal, is the cost. Mm-hmm. So do you remember how much, you, you know, your parents had to pay growing
1: up for um, some of these youth teams? Yeah, so, I mean, you had to pay... You had to pay the trainer um, when you eventually had one, mm-hmm. and then like traveling to the tournaments and hotels and all that. Um, and there were various um, like fundraising stuff to lower the cost for the team. Bake was, sales, exactly. What you guys baking? I
2: don't
1: know cookies. Okay. So cookies. Keep I mean, stupid, you can't go wrong with stupid that. Stupid question. Keep um, going. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um, it was at, it was at least a thousand dollars a year, maybe two thousand a year. I don't yeah. know. Um, somewhere in that ballpark though, um, was not was not cheap ours was kind of the same thing yeah especially for you know there were a few kids on my team that like just don't have that money so yeah i mean when you think about it about that amount of money two thousand a year how many players and young kids that are incredibly talented that just can't play because they can't afford that
2: and then you're also you're accounting for boots sometimes teams make you pay for your own ball Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was a weird thing yeah um your shin guards, shin pads. Your shin pads. <laughs> um,
1: the yeah, sweet spots. This, oh to man, to you remember the sweet spots? Untide.
2: Oh, it's a and throw they back. fall off
1: in the game, and you go out. and For run those of you who out. don't know or don't remember, the sweet spot was like look a up. little. Look it up. Yeah, but Honestly, it was like it,
2: it was like a little band that you put over your laces, your laces, so That's that, nice that when it hit the laces, it was it like was a sweet even. Ah, sweet spot. The sweet spot.
1: Yeah, you know those are those those costs are running
2: yeah but I mean, you can totally see i mean i I'm no expert on the other sports, but I don't remember basketball being that much. I don't remember Little League baseball being that much.
1: yeah, it didn't cost as much, and uh, I think a lot of it has to do speaking.
2: with um especially when you get into the age of five, six, seven, eight, you start playing for what's called the travel teams yeah. in the u s so you're basically travelling it's so usually like outside within, of your
1: town essentially. Yeah,
2: outside of your town but you're not going too far. I think maybe hour, hour and a half is the farthest. Like at those ages I'm talking yeah. 6 to 12 before you get By me it something. starts
1: at 10. Okay, on island. Okay.
2: Yeah, so I mean there's 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 even more that hinders a tour though. Like right. I mean I think you can always find a team in the US. I don't think that's any problem. You know, if you're There's, good a, lot or you're not good, yeah, there's a lot of
1: opportunities to play. Cuz yeah, there's a lot of sports which is Something not common around the world, like no. in America, that's something that we do well is that there's so many different sports that you can play. Yeah, there's just so Can't many different pick. opportunities to try different sports. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, around the world, there's not opportunities to play many sports. There are there the sports don't even exist. No, no, um, especially not like. <laughs> don't hit me on that one.
2: It's a late. It's a late night. <laughs> a late night. <laughs> <laughs> we um, we have way too many leagues though. Yeah. And again, I'm no expert on how everything is shaped up now. It's always changing. But especially as we were kids, I remember there's there's just so many different leagues. There's so many different teams. I mean, there was like two teams in my town growing up. There was Monroe Woodbury Soccer Club and there was Monroe United. And you just think like, why is there two clubs? Like make one club, pool all the facilities, and then you could have like an A team, a B team, exactly. a C and team. And they could play in, level. in better teams. They play against... You know the teams that yeah. are appropriate against mm-hmm. them. It seems like it would be basic, pretty much common sense. Yeah, but and this
1: way you can get the players that are at a certain level already playing with each other to better themselves. Because, I mean, I started playing a team on a team when I was three. Yeah. And up until ten, you're playing this intramural soccer, yeah, which rec is soccer, with you, they call you know it. Yeah. kids that are very good and kids picking daisies. You know, and you can get both everything sides, in yeah. between. So. Like, you're not really getting better from that age. But those are, like, really critical years that in other countries, they're just, you know, they really focus on the technical um, training at these ages. And, you know, for us, we're just trying to get it past the kid picking a daisy off the field. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think some of it, a lot of it comes down to the coaching, too. Mm Because... Or lack thereof it. Lack thereof it. I think a lot of times, there's just... The knowledge just isn't there. And I mean, it's a generational thing because soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, hasn't... It's growing in America, but if you look over time, like when we were kids, I mean, shouts out to my dad. He was my coach. I don't really think he had coaching badges. Maybe he had mm-hmm. some. Um, so coaching badges is like a certification, Coaching license, yeah, yeah. certification. Where you, right. I mean, now it's. I had you to take, take a class to get now, mine, exactly. take tests, run a session in front mm-hmm. of someone. Um, but he, I mean, he, he did great, but you know, even him, he didn't, you know, he didn't play at a high level. He didn't coach at a high level before that. Um, but he, I mean, he always wanted to learn and he was always reading on it Mm -hmm. and he knew, he knows the game very well. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, I was lucky because my dad was smart and knew the game, but Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, man, their dads, you know, grew up playing baseball and football and they're coaching their son's team. Right. I have a friend, um. Classic American Steward. I have a friend, Pat, who, um. is an incredible athlete, but he never really kind of got into organized soccer or on the right teams growing up. Um. Shouts out to his dad. His dad coached him too, but his dad never played soccer in his life, he said. Mm-hmm. And his dad would run basketball drills in the soccer practice. So like pass here, pass here, like set pick here, roll around here, and like you know he he just says he like he didn't know any better, but he was trying. Yeah,
1: he was teaching him something. They're having fun. They're running around.
2: Yeah, exactly. I
1: hear you. Yeah, my dad the same thing was a coach up until you 11, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, didn't really play organized soccer as a kid, but he just. Had the ability just to teach young kids, keep them organized. One thing I can distinctly remember is him teaching me that the ball moves faster than the man to, like, pass the ball. I mean, that's a great and lesson. As I, I, I think I was great lesson. seven, maybe six, mm-hmm. and he had us line up, and he said, I'm going to pass the ball into the fence, and if you could beat the ball to the fence, then you'll prove me wrong, you know? And I was thinking in my head, oh, he's wrong. No way! I'm faster than the ball, and sure enough, every 10 time. times out of ten, the ball beat me. I mean, and you look you now look now back you know. at that now, and you just think like, touche! was a great lesson. Yeah, great lesson. Well done. So, I mean, I picked that up from, but yeah, I mean, overall, over here, they they're these top coaches. Some some of them are already playing professional or half play professional, mm. and it's just a different level, okay. you know. And starting at that age, or for us not having that at such a young age, we're just losing all these years, and then. Also in America, um, how it's much much different is how schools have sports. Yeah, the school sports take a hold on yeah, everything. Yeah. So for for soccer specifically in America, it actually is it holds you back um, because the club level is the highest level you can get. Whereas for like um, basketball or American football is that is you're playing at your high is, school. That is your high school. That is the peak. Whereas at this point, America is starting to come up slowly around with it. The system is like academies are banning players from playing high school sports mm-hmm. because, yeah, you're not. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but you're not really improving in those three months of training every every single day because it's like, once again, the coach, the level of the coaching, the level of the other players is not great. Um, and, you know, for me, I was since seventh grade, middle school, then high school, I have training every day of the week with school, right after school. And then, in addition, I have three trainings with my club team. So I'm going sometimes two trainings a day. And then sometimes I'm on a third team that's on the op- opposite day. So I'm training basically tw- two training sessions. It's a bit much. Five days a week. And then a game with the With three week, different teams. With three different teams. And it's just like... And back then, did you think, like, which one is going to give me the most chance to succeed? Oh, well, it's for sure my club team. Yeah. Yeah, Without it's always doubt. the club team. I mean, yeah. the 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 third team, like state, was always good too. There was mm-hmm. a high level, mm-hmm. but then again, it's just like well, yeah,
2: for the club teams, you have what's called the state cup. You have like yeah. these national
1: tournaments and mm-hmm. Disney mm-hmm. and Bethesda, Maryland, and and the leagues in the club level. So you have like a local league, then you have the region league, and then you have like the top league you can play in your division. And I'm sure and Long Island was always and then the pretty the te- freaking great, right? And then the teams. From there, you're just playing against more competitive teams from other states. Yeah. So it's like the best two teams in Pennsylvania, the best Mm -hmm. team in Vermont, the best team in Massachusetts, Connecticut, all play in one league. Mm -hmm. So now every weekend you're traveling. How it would work is you would travel one place, and then you'd have two games that weekend. But
2: even those club teams, because we say those are the best, club teams were the best chance, but the club teams aren't going to give you a path to pro. Because, I mean, yes, but they're going to, it's going to have to go through college first. They're, they're, they're so they'll made, give you a path to college. They're made to get you to college.
1: Yeah. What do you do in America is you have these showcases or tournaments, which is essentially you go with your club team to mm-hmm. say Disney, uh, Worldwide Sports, or any, any place like this. And then college coaches go to these tournaments scout, and watch yeah. and scout. Yeah, yeah, there's no professional people involved with this. Now with the professional academies, so the MLS academies,
2: that's like really the that's only a way. different
1: thing. That's yeah, that there is opportunities there, but it's still built to get these players to go to the top D1 schools. It's not to take these players and put them into the pro. No, but because I, I mean MLS you see some now. But it's it happens, but it's the emphasis is not on that. No, it's on getting them into a good school, and mm-hmm. then in the summer they play for the like this U twenty three team. Mm-hmm. They go through four years of that, of playing in the summer with the pro team, and then they maybe will get drafted. Another thing that I
2: think um, really hinders, and I've heard opinions that say this is the main thing as why soccer is the culture. Is that something you would agree with? Mm-hmm. What do you think the culture is in in America compared to like? just in general the soccer culture the parent culture yeah. of of soccer
1: yeah well i mean that's for me that's the one difference too that i we, we've talked about this like what if we grew up here yeah. it's like mm-hmm. when i was growing up none of my friends i played sports after school every day mm-hmm. but it was always something else. American football, basketball, or baseball? No one wanted to play, no soccer, one wants to play soccer well, because no one wanted to play soccer because I was way. just so much better than them. Yeah. That they it was like it wasn't fun for me and it wasn't fun for them. Yeah. So we never played it. Mm-hmm. So the only time I played soccer was with the, my teams. Mhm. But here, what do they do after school? You go to the little fo- futsal pitch or whatever the field and you play for 6 hours yeah. and you go home for dinner and go to sleep. Yeah. It's like that's just they what they They talk you about did. it. It
2: was like their whole day.
1: That's literally what they did. They would leave school <laughs> and immediately go there. And then they just stay there all night, and then they go home, and then tomorrow they do it again.
2: I love it. I was given this um, comparison to our buddy Tevin, who lives here. And the way that they play pickup soccer is the way that we play pickup basketball yeah, back home. Right. And maybe even more so, because it's like you get to a court, and you're like, all right, who's running five? So get team a team of five. of five, play against a team of five. It's the same thing here for Winner soccer. stays
1: on. If your team wins, you stay on stay the field. On.
2: I love that. First and, two goals, yeah, done. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's... It's incredible.
1: It is fun. I, mean, I can't it's,
2: believe it's, I can't imagine like growing up with that. Like
1: these yeah. little dome pitches, right. these little like five v five, four v four, three v three. And you can see why these players just their technical abilities improve so much. Decision making age. Too. and decision making because quick, it's tight. This is what they do all the time. Club training is great, but it's probably only a few days a week for some some for kids at a certain level, not yeah. in the pro academies. Yeah. But they're learning here. They're yeah. learning on the streets in these little futsal courts. This is yeah. where they're learning, in the cage. Yeah.
2: No, it's so true. And I think like that really ties into the access, the easy access. Yeah. There isn't that much easy access of, of games. It's all so, sh- like, the structure is all just kind of whacked. I mean, I went to Iceland, and unfortunately, we couldn't get anyone to talk about Iceland on the pod today. But um, from going there, I actually learned a lot, and there was... There was something like there is one UFA-A coaching licensed coach. So UEFA is like the European standard committee, um, for those of you who don't know. And the uefa coaching license is the highest coaching license you can have, especially for youth. Yeah, And um, yeah, it's something like there's one UEFA-A coaching licensed coach um, for every, I think, between five and ten kids. Which is just unreal. Now I, I know Iceland is a super small country, mm-hmm. and you know their population is minuscule compared to the U.S. Yeah. But just looking at something like that, then you see why. Oh, damn! They beat England in the Euros the other, you know, a couple yeah. years ago, and people think, "Oh, this is a fad." But now this is something they've been working yeah. towards for ten, fifteen right. years, getting you this know, high building level this culture, of coaching
1: yeah. at such a young age yeah. that. When they get to these older ages, 16, 17, 18, when you're going pro, they're, they've already had this level of training their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us growing up, it's like we, for me, I didn't have a, like a, a legit coach that played the game at a high level until I was 14, 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my first yeah, exposure essentially. Too. But there was a third team that I played on for a little bit when I was 10. But other than that, it was like my first consistent coach where I would go to training. He's there every day mm-hmm. when I was 14. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty like,
2: crazy the difference. Of
1: course, I picked up from coaches along the way, yeah. you know, that may have been good players themselves, but yeah. not they they might have played the game at a high level, but they're not a coach. There's a difference. There is a difference. Just because you're a good a player doesn't mean that you can coach a young kid no, that doesn't It doesn't know what always you're doing. translate, no. Because sometimes it leads to just frustration, like, why can't you do this? Mm. You know, you can't break a simple skill down because it's so mm. easy for you to think, but like if you break down how to just pass the ball right. When you look at, like, someone who's never passed a ball in their life, it's like, oh, where do I start? How can you do this? Like, like, where do I I start? And some people just can't get to that basic level of the foundational skill and then build up from there.
2: Yeah, so it's getting the right coaches who can, especially that transition from not playing into playing and then staying playing. Because they they find joy in it and they're learning. Right. But you know what I think the biggest hindrance is in America? Is those moms and dads that yell... Kick you're kicking it. it. You're
3: kicking it backwards. Kick it, Johnny. You're
2: going the wrong way. Shoot it. Shoot yeah, it. That, that translated <laughs> even into into Oneonta. I remember oh, my dad has to stand like <laughs> like all the way on the other side yeah. of the field. Mom, I'd be the same I'm way. The just same way. if if your mom yells that you're kicking it the wrong way, please educate <laughs> her on, on 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 the game a little bit, just so we can build the culture. <laughs> And we can be a better American soccer country tomorrow. We
1: can grow. We, can, we grow can grow a little bit. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward, but sometimes in soccer you got to go backwards. Sometimes
4: and move you got go <laughs> to go backwards
1: <laughs> and go uh, speaking of keeping
2: keeping moving forward, yeah, let's can't uh,
1: speak. <laughs> let's um,
2: let's, let's stop move talking. Forward.
1: Let's move forward to our ambassadors. Let's hear. Let's hear how they. Uh,
2: hear how they get on. That's
1: how they get on in their countries.
2: And let's start um, with um, Jazza in Australia, who I right. played with. All right, there.
1: Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Let's hear. it. go on, Stevie. Stevie.
0: Hey guys, it's Jazza here uh, from Tasmania in Australia. I'm just here to give you guys a bit of a information um, just about youth soccer in Australia and in particular in Tasmania. So. Um, Just a few little things. So most kids do start off playing soccer um, from right through from the age of six. Uh, that's usually when they tend to start. Um, they play just little small-sided until they get into the bigger fields and, and more kids on the team. So that's how they start off there. Um, it's not that expensive here in Tasmania for kids to play. It's um, relatively cheap there. Um, but I do know on the mainland it can get a little bit expensive just in terms of um, how many kids are there and how many uh, spots are on the team and, and stuff like that. So, But in Tasmania, actually, it's pretty pretty affordable um, and there's a lot of people that actually tend to play, which is pretty cool. Um, level of coaches, so we here in, in Tasmania... Um, We do have a fair few parents that tend to help out, um, mainly because there's a lot of kids wanting to play and and there's not a lot of high-level coaches um, here in Tasmania. So we do get a fair few parents um, that tend to help out, dads and even some mums and that that like to help the kids out. Um, Some of them actually do end up doing a few little courses, just some like grassroots courses, which is actually... Um, pretty good. It helps them out and helps them be able to develop the kids and actually teach them something more so than you know just subbing them on and, and getting them on type of thing. They're actually teaching them how to play. Um, we do have a few uh, higher level coaches as well that do help out and oversee a few, especially at my club at um, Launceston City. Um, so they oversee and, and have a bit of a look and help the coaches out if they need, but other than that, there's not too many sort of pro uh, players or coaches that um, we, we really have here in Tasmania, which is a bit unfortunate, but it's definitely uh, definitely building up and people are getting more interested in wanting to do their licences and, uh, and and learning more about the game. So that's pretty cool. Um, there are a lot of improvements too. It, it's definitely – it's always building. Um Everyone's wanting to play now and we're getting more kids and uh, more people wanting to watch the sport and, and being involved too with from, like, club level and stuff like that. So they're putting a lot of investment into youth soccer, uh, especially, like I say, uh, at Launceston City at my club. They've gone through academies and, and different things like that that they're just trying to build up and different teams and we're getting a fair few players and... Um, a lot of other clubs are starting to, you know, throw a bit of money in there to try and build it all up and make sure that we can uh, get get more kids involved and uh, make sure that they're actually learning something and they're sticking around and you know, seeing it out for for years to come. So, it, it's definitely good. Um, so, youth soccer down here in Tasmania is pretty good and um, yeah, it's, it's getting better. So, that's it from me. Um, cheers.
1: Cheers, Jasper. Thanks for hearing for you. Down there in Tasmania.
2: It's not bad. Isn't it it's crazy to hear um like an accent say soccer
1: though, yeah. right? But then again, isn't their name like Australian, the Socceroos? The Socceroos, yeah. Because they have the they have Aussie rules, Australian rules football. Right.
2: It's like a rugby mm-hmm. Mix. It's cool, though, man. I've been to a couple games. But yeah, it seems like Australia and Tasmania especially, it's growing. It's improving. Seems very
1: similar to the US. Similar so to the US, Stage yeah. of where it is at the moment.
2: Yeah, but maybe costs a bit less, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, you know, maybe they'll improve some of the youth coaches, give them some, some more training, some badges. But it looks like it's, it's on their way up. I mean... I was out there coaching when I was in Australia. And were you improving the level of coaches there? Or? I would like to think I was improving my team. Okay. Um, I never coached them in a game, but I would coach some sessions. and nice. um, Coach Ian Byrne from Oneonta would be proud. That's all I have to say. Mm.
1: Did you teach him that the ball moves faster than the man?
2: Uh, not your dad's that, specific and drill. And
1: sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. That I told him, mm. specifically. Did you tell Karen that too? Who's Karen? The mom on the sideline screaming. Mm. I couldn't understand her. <laughs> you gotta go forward, Jimmy. Oh, that was English.
2: That <laughs> was so English. All right. Well, I think um, Australia, great. Let's head to Brazil. Let's head to Lucas. Lucas and down in in Brazil. Yeah.
1: To Lucas. Love it.
5: Hello, guys. Lucas from Brazil. Thank you so much to invite me into your podcast. It's a pleasure for me to be here. And let's have a good conversation about football in Brazil. No, it's not expensive at all. If you want to be a professional football player, you might search a club. And most clubs help kids who cannot pay any cash. So it's not easy to get in a club, but it's not expensive at all. When the club realize you're good enough to to play Without paying any cash, yes, of course, a hundred percent. There is a rule when you are a child in Brazil you must play football. <laughs> but it would be nice if every kid played football just for fun, but most kids, and now I'm talking about poor kids, they play like I'm the only hope for my family and they start to play football thinking like that and for me this is kind of sad yeah coaches in Brazil are qualified they used to play football before they become a coach that's a tough question Uh, in my opinion 50% political and 50% non-political As I said before, to be a professional football player in Brazil, you might search a club. You're not playing in school or in university. You play in a club. And some clubs are very political. And some clubs are not political at all. There are a lot of clubs that you just play because someone took you there. This is very political. But there's a lot of clubs that you play because you are good enough. And that happened.
1: Obrigado, Lucas.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure you could see we asked him to answer a couple questions for us. Um, our coach is qualified? Does every kid play soccer? Yeah. In which he said, it's that was amazing. <laughs> you must play football. That's the best I love I ever. That. But yeah, it's a, I mean, totally
1: different culture and mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, you're you're a young kid and... A child, yeah. and you're thinking, I have to make it pro to help my family as a, whatever, six-year-old, eight-year-old. I mean, that's... That's my way out. That's, that's my family's level. way out of that's poverty. That's different level of commitment and dedication. I mean, you can see...
2: And uh, you can't say that it's a good thing, because, I mean, like he said, it's, you know, Unfortunately, that that
1: theme is in a lot of poor countries like Mm -hmm. this. That's
2: why you have some of the best footballers maybe coming from these countries. Yeah,
1: from these ghettos, from the favelas. I mean, the
2: culture also is, like he said, everyone plays football. So, I mean, combined, you can see. That is a tough thing, though, for sure.
1: Right. But this is why, you know, their culture is football. So that's why you have these crazy skilled Brazilian players. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've heard from many people that there are so many good there are so many good players in the country that unfortunately, to get to the pro level and onto a good team, you just have to have a good agent. Yeah, you got because there's so many that, good yeah, players that you someone. just need to know someone and have a good agent mm-hmm. um, to get on a team. And unfortunately, there's so much talent that just falls through the cracks because they can't afford to have an agent or they just never meet one. Huh. It's tough. Yeah. Very well, quick.
2: Brazil, totally different culture. I think we head on down to Korea, South Korea. I say down, yeah, South Korea. Well, we're actually down from. I mean, so you we're, could we're go in down
1: Brazil. into Antarctica and then back, you know, north. But we're in Brazil, so we definitely have to go north. In this case, we would probably want to go northwest. You're going west, yeah, probably. Yeah, Brazil I mean, to northwest. Korea. Brazil's in like mostly southern. We'll Asia. shut up now. <laughs>
6: I would like to talk about the youth system in South Korea. There are many different types of teams, for example, professional youth teams, school teams, and private teams. But there are no divisions, promotions, and relegations between each teams. Each teams are playing in different leagues, but sometimes they overlap because of playoff system. There are many players for one team. Sometimes the squad is up to 60 players. Usually, the players are having a training with only one coaching staff. The professional teams invest a lot of money, The most of teams have dormitory-style living, training two or three times a day. After professional youth teams or high school teams, many players go to university, but not for studying but basically uh, playing football 24 hours a day. Current investment in youth is very high. It has been starting from 2002, Korean-Japan World Cup. To play football in the university, the cost is high compared to Germany without scholarships. And leaving Korea to Europe as a football player is not so easy because there are high transfer fees between professional U19, U21, and U23 teams. Many players want to play in Germany and have a trial every year, but there are less information for the players in Korea.
1: 감사합니다. 감사합니다, Chris. Oh man, that, that's going to need some Thank work. You Give it a go, Chris. Give it a go. Dave. I know, not even going to try. <laughs> Korean, a bit different too. Massive rosters. Massive rosters. 60
2: players upwards of a team with one coach. Yeah, with one training staff.
1: So essentially, a, a typical football roster is 23 players. So mm-hmm. you have basically three teams under one you know set of coaches. Yeah. Um, I have a friend here who grew up in Korea and played in one of the academies where it's kind of like you know, a dormitory military style where yeah. they literally just Play soccer three Eat, times a day. Sleep, play soccer. They have classes, quote unquote. But it's um, totally but it's not first concern. Totally for priority. Uh, the priority is for is, football. Yeah. Um, so that's like just a crazy thing to think about of how much they're playing. Yeah. Throughout the day, I mean, it is their full-time job from an early age.
2: Yeah. Um, he said super high transfer fees too, so. um, which may hinder some some travel out. Yeah. And yeah but it seems like there's you know there's some investment and some improvements going on, especially since they had the World Cup um, back there a while ago but and it was a South Korea Japan one if I'm not mistaken
1: yes and I mean they're definitely improving uh you know they're a typical Korean Japanese player they have a very similar style, incredibly good with both feet mm-hmm. incredibly technical quick agile uh, and actually all my friends here that are from Korea exactly the same style mm-hmm. um so it's kind of like they're breeding the same type of player Um, and that seems like it fits here in Germany and a lot of of pros are coming over here to play yeah you see it a lot
2: yeah Yeah. cool that's Korea and we're gonna head we were in Korea so we're gonna go west now and we're gonna book it over to England mate going to Leeds United Uh, and we're gonna talk to my former coach Benny
1: B over a cup of tea Benny Brookfield Uh,
7: What's up Footwork? This is Ben Brookfield and I'm here to tell you a little bit about youth football in the UK. Um, Kids start playing from four years old. Uh, In my case, I was given a football from the minute I could walk. It's very, very popular and if not the main sport in England. Youth football in England has three main pathways to become a professional. There's professional clubs which have their academies. They grow talent from four years old all the way up to the first team and this is usually free there's then the two other pathways which is a little bit more complicated so bear with me here county football associations which is the actual county so for example that was mine which is yorkshire have affiliated amateur teams um, which play from youth to seniors they pay 15 pounds to play junior level Uh, and they can basically become scouted from a professional team. There's also the county representative teams, which are comprised of the best amateur players, and they play against other counties. So, for example, um, I played for Yorkshire County, and we would play games against Lancashire County. There's then school teams, which you would play for your school, In your city, and then the best players from each school team would end up playing in the city schools team. And then you would trial for a national schoolboy team. So you would then have England schoolboys playing against Scotland schoolboys, for example. Here, players can get scouted from the professional game. That's a very high level, so I mean, if you were to play a schoolboy level, you would be very close to playing for um a professional team, and then the same in the county represent representative levels that's a very high level um and a lot of players are scouted from the actual professional clubs as well um so in terms of monetary um playing expenses it's very cheap. Um, In comparison to uh, Australia, where I live now, I know that some of the kids are playing thousands of dollars to play um, affiliated football level. The level of coaches is actually probably one of the best in the world in terms of having coaches accredited at the youth level. Um, But there still is some lack of um coach education amongst amateur teams so all the professional teams will have ex-professionals playing uh sorry ex-professionals coaching in their youth setup so they have obviously the experience and the best of the best you then have um coaches who are dads in some teams but they will be encouraged um to actually um, attain their coaching Accreditation um, And a lot of the Better amateur teams will have Young coaches who want to be Almost scouted by professional teams um, There's a lot Of investment in youth football um, From the FA uh, And the Premier League So the Premier League will actually donate Money to the FA um, And then move that money Into the coaching grassroots Um In terms of what could be done better in England at the moment, I think it would probably be the transition of talented young youth coaches into actual professional clubs rather than just having a top-down approach and gaining ex-footballers who are a big name who may not be the best coaches. Um, So I think at the moment... Yeah, it's, it's looking good England have one of the best national teams in the world uh, In terms of talent coming through um, You've got the likes of Jordan Sancho um, and, and other players that are exceptionally talented Like Phil Foden So I think the actual system is working um, Where I would like to see a major improvement Would be the actual um, coaching badges
1: Yeah, so... think he likes england (laughs) definitely a big fan of the uh the system there i'm impressed with the um you pay 15 yeah yeah, the cost 15 pounds and you can potentially get scouted from a professional team i mean that's incredible i mean
2: super interesting too to hear because he he lives in sydney so that's mainland australia jazza lives in tasmania Mm -hmm. which is the island um and the difference in cost he's saying that some kids can pay thousands of dollars on the mainland so Pretty crazy there, Fantastic. but yeah, back to to England, um, pretty interesting about the coaching badges. Seems like they have some of the, of the best, but yeah. Benny B here wants to see
1: it improved, and definitely. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense why the Prem is, is what it is, though. I yeah,
2: know. I mean, look at all these youth players that yeah. they're producing right now. And, and all and, the
1: youth academies, and they start them at such an early age that And of
2: course, players are going to slip through the ranks, but it seems like in a system like this, that's going to happen less. It's always you know? going to happen.
1: And you're gonna have, you know, the the random players, Jamie Vardy and goal. Yeah, but look it.
2: at Jamie Vardy. He can be 22 and play in a, yeah. an eighth tier. You know, exactly. Like there's, and it doesn't it works just way up. And, and work his way, way up through yeah. promotion, relegation. Yeah, yada yada yada. Yeah, Benny B. Awesome to hear from you. We are going south of the border, and we're going to Mexico. Hola, Omar, ¿Cómo estás?
1: Here we go. ¿Qué tal, Omar? Hey
4: hey what's up dale so um basically growing up in a little bit in mexico i guess um there's there's four tiers in in the professional league right and then the youth the youth system is going to have um obviously a lot of lower divisions but not considered professional the uh the only professional like youth leagues would be there's two leagues and it's like your second division and then it's another division called uh nuevos talentos um and that's for like kids all the way up to i believe 20 21 and then after that they jump up to the uh second division which is the third tier and then obviously from there they they go to the second tier which is the liga de ascenso which is now dismantled it doesn't exist now um and that's where this new league is is starting up it's called the liga de valompié Valompié, mexicano i believe and um it's basically going to be a league with uh, something around like 20 teams right now and uh some of the the professional teams from the premier league in mexico went to that league now so that's another uh i guess path to pro but as for youth um I mean, there's not a lot of like club soccer or anything like that in Mexico. It's basically you're, you you grow up on the street playing, or you go play like on dirt fields on the weekends, you know. And it's um, the only other thing that's like big over there is called uh, El, El Torneo del Barrio, or um, there's another one called the uh, Torneo de los Soles, and there's like just you know um, neighborhood tournaments or uh, state tournaments. Where just teams from honestly any type of economic level just get together and play, dude. And that's where some kids get scouted at, at those at those games. And I mean, take in mind these guys play on dirt fields, you know, in the middle of just a farm. Sometimes like these guys will play anywhere, dude. That that's the youth system down there. Um, unless you're at a, an academy, a pro academy, and like the, what what I mean by a pro academy, I mean is is a. Uh, is an actual professional team, and having been under their youth system, you know, um, and that obviously comes with the cost because there's no, there's no kid that goes there for free unless you're really good, um, but for the most part, you you have to pay. And I've actually had buddies that I played with before that said that they played with uh, the U18s or the U16s or the U15s for like Pachuca, um, for Atlas um, for Chivas even. Um, yeah, I mean, they still had to pay a monthly, um, fee, I guess, to, to be there, to be housed there, to be fed and stuff. It wasn't, you know, they were there for free. (sighs) The only, um, thing with like the lower leagues in Mexico for, for like the youth, like that second division that I was in and, um, the, like, Novo Talentos is that these guys don't get paid, dude. Um, I mean, in a sense, they'll get paid 5,000 pesos for the month. You know, it's like $250, $300, you know. Um, and that's really nothing, dude. But yeah, and then um, basically just the last point on on it would be that this new league is supposed to, um, I guess, fill the void of, of the Ascenso League, which was the second tier. It's going to fill the void, so... It would basically allow any age athlete to play, um, because obviously the second division, where where I played, was a cutoff at twenty, at twenty four, and then they were allowed one or two players above that age. Um, so then, if it, it, it basically a lot of a lot of guys just fell off after that age because they wouldn't get picked up by an ascenso team. Just due to the fact of of how many international spots they would give up, dude. Like most teams in the in the first and second tier of Mexico have, ten international players, to the eleven nationals, and it, it's like, it watered down the football a lot from from Mexico, and basically they were having trouble, getting kids, you know, to be seen, dude. And and now that this league is starting, I guess it's supposed to. Um, I guess fill that, fill that void, you know, and and take over and be more of a national league for, for Mexicans.
1: Muchas gracias, Amar.
2: Yeah. Amazing. Um, another one that's super different from the U.S., especially that there is a lack of clubs, especially at the youth level and, you know. It's almost a
1: lack of structure too.
2: Yeah. Kids are, I mean, kids are just playing in the streets and playing, you know, for the love of the game, playing, you know, on dirt pitches Mm -hmm. and,
1: and um, the neighborhood tournament is a really interesting thing, though, huh? Yeah, and I've heard that, too, in other countries, that especially in Central South America, that's a thing, is where they have just a tournament where teams get together, and you mm-hmm. play, and then very often the best player there will get an opportunity somewhere. Uh, like so it's a, literally just kind there. of
2: like a combine in a, it's, in a way. It's it just is, just kinda, like, yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: except you're probably not paying to play there. Yeah,
2: um, but how like, crazy is it that these kids playing U16, U18 for a club like Chivas... A pro All These team. big Mexican yeah. club teams that are better than MLS teams. They always yeah. win the against MLS teams, yeah. and they have to pay. It's crazy. But it seems like there is some growth going on, and especially they're incorporating some new leagues, so maybe some more youth development as well. We are going to head northeast, and we're going to go up to my old hometown in Sweden, and we're going to talk to my buddy... Hassam, who's got superb English because he lived in
3: Canada. Oh, that's kind of cheating. It is. <laughs> we'll but give it to him, though. Here we go. So the Swedish Football Association has a lot of influence on Swedish society. So when you're playing at a young age, it's very easy for parents to get too involved or too eager. Uh, so because of that, the association's to set up a couple of rules to all parents across the country uh, that they're not allowed to do so which is a good thing because uh, I I think it prevents anxiety and pressure uh, while playing at a young age like that. And uh, I believe, uh, as I said, while playing at a young age like that, it should only be for fun. So as a young teenager, you're going to have to get real serious with your uh, sport if you want to become a pro player, right? So when they're 15, they're going to have to go to uh, a trial and their district to get a chance to get selected into a roster that are representing their district and when you do you also get a chance to play in front of the uh, coaches of the national team or uh, but also foreign foreign clubs right such as Premier League clubs La Liga clubs um, so that is, it's a real opportunity to show yourself when you're playing so being a youth pro player in Sweden is very tough if you're not from the city we're going to get to that um, as a, as a player, not being from the city, because most part of the clubs, like the top teams are from the cities. Um, so as a player, not being from the city, uh, you're going to have to move away from your family. You're going to have to, uh, stay in the city for about 10 months because you're going to have to finish off the season anyway. And, and players that are from the city usually, usually just play for their hometown clubs, Right. Uh, so it's not really an issue because they're staying at their parents' house. And uh, not being from the city, you're going ha- to have to get your own apartment. You're going to have to live by yourself. You're going to have to do your own grocery shopping. You're going to have to do your own laundry. You're going to have to cook by yourself. You're going to have to uh, clean your own apartment. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different situations uh, for players not being from the city because you're basically teaching yourself how to be an adult. Uh, well, players players from the city don't have that kind of an issue because they ha- they all have it at home. Um, they're eating healthier because their uh, their parents are cooking for them. Uh, While well, players not being from the city at the age of fifteen don't really know how to cook, so they usually just go out to get fast food.
2: Alright, Takasam, That's thank you. By the way, say it again. Tak T A K. Tack T a c k. Yeah, usually twice, but um, a double hitter, a double, a double hitter. hitter. Super interesting in Sweden too. I mean, a significant disadvantage. It looks like if you, if yeah. you're not from the city, you play out in the sticks.
1: Yeah. Out in the sticks, lack of opportunity.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you just you get separated from your family. You know, there's if a lot of different. The if city, you can get if you're into the these, get the yeah. opportunity, and yeah. then yeah, you
1: have to live on your own. 15, that's, you know, very young. From living
2: there, I did see, though, that there are, like, you know, you can get scouted sometimes through these teams. I remember there were some youth kids that I coached, too, um, that moved on to some some academies and stuff. But, you know, I, it, I guess it is, you know, it's, it's pretty similar to some other places in Europe. It seems kind of similar to Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, another one that's super interesting. Now, we're going to go... South, We're going to take the train. All right. Yeah. We're going to take a little f- short flight. Yeah. Or we can take a flex easy bus. Jet. We'll take a <laughs> flight bus. Jet. Easy jet down to Germany. The motherland. The motherland. Okay. Let's hear from Tevindo.
8: Our boy Tevin. What up, Dylan and Sean? Yeah. Let me try to summarize the German youth football system and especially flag some differences Relative to the US system. So, but before I um, talk about the two main paths to pro, let me um, let me back up a little bit on the German, and give you some background information on the German youth system. So, um, different from the US system in Germany, sports and football in particular is centered around those clubs, um, and not uh, school, and not the schools, and so among those clubs, you basically have two different types of clubs. You have those clubs who are, which you can say, they are professionally organized, and then you have those who are unprofessionally organized or amateur clubs, and um, the first type of clubs, the professional ones, are, are those who have at the senior level a team plays in one of the first three leagues. so in the professional uh, at the professional level in German football, senior level football. And because of that, often they 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 generate uh, much revenue and can thus afford to have very good coaches and very good structures and and um, yeah, nice, nice um, um, training facilities and that kind of stuff. so um, you have this huge difference between, those few uh, very professionalized clubs like in Hamburg, the Hamburger SV and St. Pauli and then the rest of the clubs which are basically amateur clubs and there's no, not much daylight between the two and um, as I just mentioned um, one very important difference is the level of the coaches so coaches in those professional clubs uh, are usually full time coaches so that's the one are the only job that they are doing whereas in amateur clubs this is often uh, the coaches are often uh, maybe former amateur football players or sometimes even fathers of some of the players but it's not really professional and training only occurs two times a week sometimes three times a week or whereas in the professional clubs um, the kids train Five to six times a week from very early ages on. So, and um, against this background, you mainly have two paths to pro. The first path is through those professional clubs where you promote. You get promoted from from like the lowest level, the youngest youngest um, teams to the old the oldest teams until finally you make it to the first team of that club. And this is definitely. Um, maybe the quickest way to become pro because after you're, after you're finally in the youth team in the under-19s under you um, you get a professional contract often you first play for the second team which is like in, in the Regionalliga or Third Liga in the case of Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund the second team is placed in the, in the third uh, German league whereas for most other um, professional teams um, the second senior level t- uh, team um, plays in the Regional Liga, and often talented players make it first to that second team and then the most talented one make it to the first team. And that's the easier way, the easier path to pro. The more difficult path is if the second path and the more difficult one is if you either uh, never played for um, a professional club, uh, like a youth team in a professional club, or you played at some point but then got um, kicked out of or not you didn't get promoted to to the next level so you got yeah I mean actually you got when you if you actually get get kicked out from from the club then it's a lot more difficult and you really need to, to take every single step of the ladder and uh, so then the usual path is to go from then if you after after your final um, youth season, um, start out in the Oberliga you are a f- that's fairly good you are a very talented player and then from there you really need to to prove yourself in every single league like so Oberliga then Regionalliga then 3rd league and uh, yeah up to up, up to the 1st league and this this path is of course a lot more arduous and um, it's a lot more difficult so the best the easiest thing or the, the not the easiest thing but the, the, the best thing that can happen to you is if maybe by dint by of luck or um, by being at the, the right place uh, in the right time, um, you manage somehow to play, you manage to play in so the under19th. so the final youth uh, year and you have a great season, like in a professional club and you have a great season and you get, you get a professional contract uh, for the first team. So often you then still play for the second senior team but um, y- they, they want you uh, to play in the medium to long term for the first team and so, and even if you don't manage to play in the first team at that club uh, you at least had a professional contract um, a first league con- or second league contract at some point so that teams from the third league uh, would easily want to uh, sign you. So, yeah, yes, those are basically the main differences um, between, uh, I mean, those are mainly the, those are the main <clears throat> um, uh, aspects, um, the main pillars of the German system. And, I mean, how it compares to the US, that's fairly obvious. Um, I mean, you, you've talked about that quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can maybe maybe tell where you see the main differences.
1: Thanks, Devin. Feeling done for that. Uh Thanks for showing off your English skills. Yeah, with your uh, six-minute explanation of a quick summary of the German football system,
2: I loved it though. But Engaged. it
1: was uh, it was engaging and it was very insightful. Yeah, you don't need and anything from us. So yeah, we, we're not going to add on to that. Um, but it is clear that throughout the world, it does vary greatly.
2: Yeah, and uh, there's no
1: perfect system. Some are better than others. So U.S., step your shit up. Michael Bradley, figure it out. <laughs> Michael Bradley, figure it See out. See your way out of the national team. I think that'll that'll help the U.S.
2: See your way out. Let's let's see our way out though, and um, say thank you to all the listeners out there. Um, we got some special guests coming.
1: Yeah, stay so keep tuned. plugging
2: and passing. We got some very exciting news coming. Um, anything else?
1: Yeah, just plugging and passing. Stay tuned to the Instagram Footwork underscore Podcast. Plug pass plug, plug pass, and uh, yeah, we got some exciting stuff coming soon. So stay tuned,
2: and we'll uh, we'll see you Thursday.
1: Yeah. Ooh, sneak peek. So until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning, and make your own path for work. Better to have a short life
0: that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way.